0: All right, so today on Dream of Blue, I have my good friend here, Matthew. Mm-hmm. So right now we're going to just go through and learn about the perspective of a teacher. He's been talking to me about this a lot, and I find this topic to be super interesting because you don't really get to hear about it too often, and we spend a lot of our time in life in school, like our yeah. early life in school. And it's good to know the teacher's perspective, and that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do today. Yeah. So first off, how did you become a teacher?
1: So, the way I really became a teacher kind of started off, I guess it kind of had some roots back in high school because back in high school, I did a lot of volunteering work where I tutored with clubs and whatnot, but I didn't really think of teaching as a profession that was for me. But then when I went to college, I studied chemical engineering and it was really brutal. There was a lot of work involved. Yeah, UC
0: Berkeley, right? Yeah, I went to
1: UC Berkeley for chemical engineering and it was fun. I met a lot of cool people I've had a ton of friends basically, but... Dang was the major really, really hard.
0: I can, yeah, Chem- <laughs> chemical engineering. Yeah. So it's a lot of chemistry, a lot of...
1: Both of all those aspects, all the math, the engineering behind it, like creating like our, in our final semester, we had one whole semester just to create like a whole refinery, all of the economics behind it, all the different types of reactors, piping, all the pressure, temperatures, whatever, you name it. We really had to think about every little aspect of it. It was a four person project. And it was so much time in the lab. <laughs> it
0: sounds pretty fun, actually.
1: <laughs> it is It is definitely. It was really fun because it had so much applications to it, but there was a lot of like really hard stuff they had to do, a lot of presentations to make in front of like the professors, the GSIs or graduate student instructors, mm-hmm. and just a ton of calculating to do. It was like a, just such a huge culmination of all of the aspects of chemical engineering that we learned. Yeah. But yeah, that was like really, that was really cool. But at the end of it all, it was it was kind of like a setup for grad school, but I wasn't really set on going to grad school. So I was trying to apply to jobs and it wasn't really going that well, but I needed to make money somehow for myself. and I didn't want to just sit at home and do nothing yeah. all day. So I did private tutoring. So I did a ton of one-on-one work with a bunch of students and it was all through word of mouth, like friends from church, friends, family, friends of friends and whatnot. And people would see me like at the library and some parents would actually approach me and be Dang, like, Hey, cool. <laughs> like, do you do tutoring? I'm like, heck yeah, I do. I do it for math, any math up to like high school. And that was really how I got into it because I started with private tutoring. Then I started doing some academies and gradually I thought hmm, maybe teaching is the way for me right now. And then right after like a year and a half of private tutoring, I looked into uh, going to USC for a teaching and like master's degree program so I get the teaching credential and the master's and yeah. one and a half years later, here I am. Yeah, that's what you've been
0: doing for the past like two years, right? Exactly. I did USC private tutoring the whole time. Nice, nice.
1: Yeah, so it's been, it's really fun. I really like that one-on-one aspect because it kind of like pinpoints what students really need. And then just transitioning into the public school setting was just kind of
0: like a, another step. Yeah. So right now, like last year was when you finished USC, right? Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, I finished in December.
0: Yeah, and then now you you're transitioning to teaching like a middle school
1: Mm -hmm. yeah like full-on teaching i was kind of brought in last minute like i one of my master teacher essentially just texted me that monday and was just like hey do you do you want to have this position it's kind (laughs) of like a long-term sub position i'm like wondering if you're interested And i'm like hmm and then by the end of the day i was like yeah sure why not we'll try it and then a week later I'm teaching.
0: (laughs) It was super last minute, honestly. So are you basically like a a really long-term substitute teacher as in like you teach every day um, when a teacher isn't available or you just have a class of your own?
1: So essentially, I am technically like a long-term sub, but I totally have a class of my own. I have like all the same periods and whatnot. I just have... Yeah, it's really just like a regular teacher, like on the contract yeah. and on paper, I am totally a regular teacher, getting paid like a regular teacher, but you can still see me as like a long-term sub because the contract only ends in like May or something. Yeah, gotcha. Right? It doesn't continue on and keep going. I'd have to
0: reapply or whatever. All right, cool. So that that's basically like your background and stuff mm-hmm. and how you got into teaching. Yeah. And now that you're here, um, we're going to find out more of, about what you think as a very brand new teacher. Right. Oh, yeah, first yeah. year teachers.
1: <laughs> so oh, man.
0: Let's let's start off with sort of where your school is. Cause like are schools sort of ranked and stuff or do they have a different sort of um
1: there cap- actually are. It's yeah? interesting it comes to like comes down to like demographic, student achievement and whatnot. Because one of the biggest things that is kind of like new is title one schools. And you guys don't really hear about title one schools a lot unless you're in a title one school. And Title I school is kind of classified as those schools that have, like, the lowest income, lowest achieving students. Gotcha. And these schools get a lot of funding from, like, the government or the state. And so, a lot of schools that don't have it, they kind of have a lot of their own funding or they have just, like, a normal amount of funding from the state. But Title I schools have, like, specifically, like, a lot. And so, schools have the ability to put that funding anywhere. Like, sometimes they want to change their facilities to make it, like, really nice. Or they have, like, more open areas, or they have like, for something like Chrome gotcha. cards or like laptops for all the students. And so
0: stuff. what what title school would you, are you working for? I so guess?
1: the schools I work for are both going to be title one. Okay. Yeah, like One is title one. Yeah, they're both going to title, title one for sure. It's just like, not like, it's not like it's a bad thing, but it definitely says like, oh, there's like some aspects or challenges that going in as a first year teacher, especially because it feels like for a lot of Title once schools, a lot of veteran teachers are already there. They already know how it works. They're really good at working with these types of students. Mm-hmm. But as a first-year teacher, it was kind of like jumping in, and diving into the deep end. And it was like, a, whoa, holy moly, <laughs> this is hard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was very different from like private tutoring and stuff.
1: Yes, it is immensely different. Because yeah. in like private tutoring, there's like that want or that need to do better for a lot of these students based, if it was like maybe it's from the student's motivation or like the parent's motivation for it. But in general, you're really helping these students and they're really appreciative of what you're doing for them. Especially on a one-on-one setting, you get to work with them and just like cater everything to them. In a public school setting, now you got 150,
0: 200 students and they all need help potentially. Yeah. So right now, like for the period, like I remember in middle school, I had like different periods that... Mm -hmm would be for different subjects, and you teach just one subject there?
1: Yeah, essentially I just teach just one subject. I teach two grades, seventh grade and eighth grade. That just happened to be the way because there's was like an overflow of seventh or eighth graders, yeah. so they kind of created a new class. And, and that's just
0: is me. math, right? Yeah, it's all yeah. math. I mean, you both love math. <laughs> yeah, the math, or, the content's easy. Yeah, we it's think it's easy. It's just the teaching that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into like some stories that you have of teaching, like mm. how are the kids, Are you having a good time doing it? Are there struggles? What are the struggles? Stuff like that. I think the biggest struggle that I personally have is like classroom management.
1: In general, like you see a teacher like me, it's like really, he's a young teacher and I tend to be like very lenient. But if I need to get things done, I can be like pretty strict. But in terms of classroom management, that's the thing I struggle with the most because it's like when students are talking or students have their phones out, any disciplinary actions or consequences, and just like overall, what to do in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's just like the biggest issue. Because in terms of challenges, like you got to control the class somehow, right? You don't want to like control with an iron fist because that's just going to suck for the students. And it's going to be really taxing on you. But also if you're too lenient,
0: you're not going to get anything done, right? Yeah. And I remember when we were talking about it back, like back today, (laughs) you were talking about how a lot of the times, a lot of students just don't try.
1: Yes, that I've seen, like I, in my mind, because I have this notion of like everyone's at academy or private tutoring, all these students are trying, they're trying so hard to get better. They're trying to get ahead even, right? But sometimes at these schools, the students don't try at all and they're just behind and they're not even trying to catch up. And so that's like this sense of such a low motivation towards school or work in general and just having this type of apathetic nature to them is what really gets to me as a first-year teacher. I feel like there's a lot of veteran teachers out there. They're just like, they're already, yeah, they're uh, past Yeah, used they're, to this. They're so yeah. used to it. They're so jaded by it. But then as a first-year teacher, it's like- Dang, it hurts. Dang, like I put so much effort into that. Yeah. And you just do that in the trash. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, things, it's things like that that gets to me as a first-year teacher. And it's just, I think it's just because I'm a first-year teacher, but I do work hard to like get all of the content out to the students and just teach them however they- work best.
0: But I think it's a good thing because I feel like the teachers that are jaded that feel like, oh, if the students don't try, then why even care? You know, you got to care about the students that do try, which is true, of course. But I think it's still good to try to get some students who are apathetic to get out of it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I would try too. But of course when you tr- do that for so long and you don't have results, it's, it's, it's going to yeah, make you feel Yeah, and like I,
1: I'm still in the process of like trying all these things, trying to get like fun stuff to do with this kids. We're playing games like Kahoot, quizzes and like Gym Kid. I think that's how you call it. But it's like all these quizzing, like game nature. And it's just like they, they sometimes they really like it, but other times they just, they could just care less about it at this <laughs> point. Like if I gave them a choice to play Kahoot versus uh like Free Time, free time wins hands down and it's just like they would rather not have to play these things or like do things i'm not like trying to force it on them too it's just like i give them a the choice would you guys rather play this yeah or as a class get prizes and whatnot because i offer prizes for like the top ranks uh people that are getting it and it's never really like the same three all the time that's and good So that's yeah. really good that's what's good about it. I would like to think that that would be some incentive <laughs> for them to do it, but they still would rather to do something yeah. else. And I have my desk full of, you know, candy and all that other stuff for students as prizes, but it still kind of sits there and it kind of just like, oh, dang, I kind of wish that would have been better for them.
0: Yeah. I feel I feel like one thing I wanted to go over was that one idea that No Student Left Behind has implemented in the schools mm-hmm. that you feel... I remember you talking about it pretty passionately. Yeah, it's... Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: It totally sucks. Yeah. I think it's what... One of those things that has totally brought down, like, education in the United States and really put us behind in a lot of education compared to other countries. Because that kind of thing is just... All that it is is just, like, pushing students forward. Right. Grad, like, no matter what the grade they get, they're pushing them forward. You could have students that have complete Ds and Fs, Right. They're still going to go to high school. And that's what makes like 7th and 8th grade like not even count as much. And at the same time, they're just like, we can't hold these students back and it becomes like also like a funding issue where these students going to go. They're repeating and it's just like, where did all these teacher rights go compared to like, well, the parents just gained all these rights, everything this parents say goes... The parents went to district and complained or whatnot. They would get their way compared to what's what's like an example.
0: Have you experienced like an exact example of that happening? Like where you you try to get something done, but then the parents are a bottleneck to it getting done.
1: Personally, because I'm so new, I haven't. But I've actually like heard of a lot of stories where teachers and specialists are trying to get something like an IEP or an individualized education program like done for their child, which means they get like specialized seating, sometimes they get extra help, extra time, all those little things that like teachers will legally have to do to accommodate for these students. And the final decision is up to the parents. You know, the specialist can do everything in their power. The teachers can do everything in their power to try and help these students. But the parent can just say no and just scratch all that. It's scrapped.
0: And then back then, the teacher had the power to do that.
1: Maybe not necessarily because those kind of things are very special to like have for the students and Mm -hmm. it's really up to the parent but then there are times where just like the parent just doesn't understand that hey this is gonna help your kid
0: and you said no yeah yeah it's it's (laughs) mysterious to me that you would say these things I mean it it makes sense that you know statistically there are bound to have these cases but Mm -hmm. for me growing older growing up in school my mom would always have me sit in the front row have me like talk to the teacher or well, mm. she talked to the teacher to have me get assigned like extra assignments and reading assignments. And stuff. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, doing. I don't want this. I don't want this. Why is this happening <laughs> to me? Yeah, <laughs> uh, And I was the only one that that ever happened to, at least from my knowledge, because mm-hmm. this was in elementary school. So I, I just remembered being in the back of the class where that was supposed to be where the smarter students were, right? We we already had like this yeah. hi- hierarchy or whatever yeah. Um, in, in the classroom where the back students were supposed to be smarter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the front students were the ones that needed more help. Yeah. I mean, it does logically make sense. Mm-hmm. But when you do that to when you segregate the kids like that, it makes them feel, I guess, it doesn't make them feel good. Because yeah. I remember I had to be moved to the front rows and stuff. But I was, since I, was, I, I had an ego of being one of the smarter kids, I felt like, dang, why am I...
1: Why am I sitting among these students? Yeah, yeah, why am am I I sitting, <laughs> yeah, why
0: am I sitting up here when I I'm not supposed to be here? And I felt yeah. like I felt very awkward and mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah. But you know, those were my friends too. So Yeah, for sure. So for but sure. but it, it establishes some sort of value in you that there's a class system in mm-hmm. within your own class. Like there are people that are smarter and then there are people that yeah. are not as smart. Um I don't know if you guys have that, but
1: so I think that kind of comes down to like how is your classroom even, like, placed? Because some classes have, like, these very modular tables where they can move around very, very easily. Some of them have, like, a very traditional classroom where it's just, like, those rows and desks. Right. Or they have them sit in, like, groups of four, that kind of thing. And I think that kind of hierarchy has really, really changed. I think, especially at my schools, they really don't want to sit in the front at all. Nobody? Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's so rare to have some students sit in the front. Like, those students sit in the front, like, they... They, it's, like, it's almost like the smartest students now sit in the front. Everyone else is trying to avoid all this work and trying to hide, You know, keep their <laughs> backpack on their desk or text under the table is trying to sit in the back.
0: That's interesting that you guys allow your students to sit wherever they want.
1: Sometimes we can. It kind of depends on the teacher. And so I, what I like to do is I let them sit where they want. And then if the problem arises, then I will move it accordingly. Gotcha. I will make sure like, hey, this is not okay. This group we're setting right now is not Okay. This isn't like something you can fight me on. If you want to bring it up to another teacher, go ahead. If you want to bring it up to your parents, let's go ahead. But you are not allowed to sit there. I will move you accordingly. Right. Because it's, it's got to happen. Like, I got to get my stuff done. And if you're going to be a disruption sitting there, we can't have that there anymore.
0: That's good. It, it, it must be difficult for you. Are you used to doing stuff like that? I mean, like, we're not, we're relatively young, right? Because yeah. we're in our 20s and... I don't know. You don't have a younger brother. You don't have like younger people that you have done that to, right? In the past. Yeah, only
1: an older brother. So
0: (laughs) that's not how it's going to (laughs) work. For me, I feel like I'd be more used to that because I have younger cousins that I used to boss around. Yeah. Um, So it's like, do this, do that. Like you sit there, you sit that, you you be quiet, stuff like that. I feel like for me, that's more natural. Like for you, did you have to like grow into that or?
1: I think like student that's where like student teaching really helps because stuff like that you encounter a lot where you need to get people to move or whatnot and it's i think it's something that i learned really really quick to be able to do like on the fly just get that student move to another seat immediately Mm -hmm. and like of course they're gonna fight you they're gonna be like no no i'll (laughs) I'll, I'll be quiet i'll be quiet and i'll be like you have one chance so, so do
0: you argue yeah. with the students
1: <laughs> not necessarily like, i wouldn't write like to argue with my students but i do like sit there and it's like you have an ultimatum at this point and it's just like because there's like a myriad of consequences that could happen mm-hmm. you could have like whatever classroom consequence or you could have like detentions you could have call home and i have called home to parents already and it's like or given referrals and all those kind of things are just It's like I cannot just say this. Kind of sounds weird if I say like it's at my disposal to use, but it is like in my teacher's toolkit to use. How do you you feel
0: when you have to do this stuff like that?
1: Oh, I I absolutely like hate giving out detentions and like calling home because like I I know what the students like, and I always wonder like is the parents going to be like this? And some like so far it's been pretty good. Like the parents are really supportive or appreciative of the decision that I make. But like you know, detentions like who wants to stay after school for an hour? Mm -hmm. I know I definitely don't. (laughs) So why in the world would this student want to do it as well, right? Yeah. But what can you do to get that student to like stop? Like what is, if it's getting too much, like...
0: How do you? How do you do it? Yeah, how do do you do it? (laughs) If you didn't have all
1: these things at disposal, like what are you going to do? Gotcha,
0: yeah. So you have no choice but to like give them detention. Yeah, it's got to like, they've got to have
1: some notion of like, hey, there's a consequence to my actions. I can't just keep messing around. I can't
0: just keep doing nothing right. in my class. Because the fact that they don't get held back if they don't do the work, mm-hmm. right? There has to be other other consequences. Otherwise, yeah. it just doesn't matter at all.
1: And like, it's crazy that they don't get held back. There's a ton of students that I've already seen that have an immense amount of trouble understanding just the fundamentals of like adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing. Yeah. And, it's,
0: and I feel like this is a foundation to like... The educational system being flawed. Oh, yeah. If in the beginning they don't understand these things, how are they gonna survive in high school?
1: Yeah, how are you gonna how understand it in the next year? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I can definitely say like and I've totally seen it before when I'm helping out students in my class where it's just like, you you don't know how to you don't know how to do that? Like what what do you mean? Like that's that's just you're just dividing this number by the other number. And they're like, or the speed at which they're doing these things is immensely slow. I had a student that was still counting on their fingers for something as simple as like eight divided by two. And it was eighth grade. <laughs> eighth grade. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so bad. Like how, how, are you, how did you survive all these years to get all the way to here? And it's because they're just pushed along.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm trying to think because if, if say they stayed, right? Mm-hmm. If they stayed back and they continued that sort of attitude, would they ever um, continue in the grade? Like say no student left behind was taken away and mm-hmm. they are now held back because of their grades and stuff mm-hmm. um, What what's your personal opinion on like what would happen in that case
1: I feel like the initial reaction for a lot of students is they're just gonna they're gonna not like it they're gonna hate it they're repeating this whole year of content again right mm-hmm. and but I think at some point it's gonna sink in that like if I don't pass this one like I won't be able to move on ever you know like so, when we had students that would get held back, or like back when I was in elementary school, they would they wouldn't actually stay in the same class. They would actually like move to another class, mm-hmm. or even like at some point maybe they move to a different school because clearly it's not working at this school, you know. So I think it'll sink in not only in the student but also in the parent that like, hey, your child needs yeah. to grow
0: up. I agree with that. I agree with that a lot. I, but I I remember you talking about this and you said. The reason they have that in place is because money.
1: Yeah, there's, oh, that's the thing. That is the that is the thing. School, what a lot of people don't really see is like all that happens behind the scenes. And it's really just like how school has really become like a business. And I didn't notice at first too, because I was just like, well, we have to take attendance every day. And it's just like, that's like a normal thing we do, right? Mm-hmm. Even the subs take attendance and whatnot. But I was talking to some teachers and they were saying that like, there's attendance is extremely important because student attendance is linked to funding. If the students aren't attending, there is no funding. And every student is like money. Mm-hmm. Like every single one going to school, not being a truant is giving money to the school. Not so like they're paying for it, but like it's getting more funding for the yeah. school. Yeah.
0: I guess the numbers, right? Like yeah. It's really
1: num- a numbers thing because each student has like a number. It's not like this student A is $100 and student B is, you no, know, it's just like every student, no matter what the student has, <laughs> sounds like weird to say like a bounty, like a price on their head. There is a number and amount of money that is involved with each student. And it's just like, if I have this many students, great. That's $300 a student, a kind of thing, you know? Yeah,
0: so they, I feel like that makes the incentives a little, uh, it sort of skews the incentives to making it more like an attendant system, like mm-hmm. where the higher rate in which you get people to show up mm-hmm. is more important than their grades and stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's like, that's kind of like where sometimes teachers don't care, you know, that kind of like leads to teachers like, oh, you're just here to give funding to the school or whatnot and some that kind of leads me back to talking about where like in middle school, a lot of times the grades, the grades just don't matter yet, mm-hmm. you know. In high school, of course, the colleges are looking at it, right? But then who looks at middle school grades? Nobody. (laughs) No one. You're too young, right? You just got out of elementary school. You're now just starting to get into this period, the six or seven period system at a school. You're getting used to taking notes. You're getting used to more like cumulative things, you know, like seventh to eighth grade and going on to ninth and twelfth. And it's just like, where is the accountability? Where is the accountability for these students to like even care about their grade? and there's definitely a lot of students that do know whatever grade I get, I'm still moving on, right? I'm yeah. still gonna go to high they're, school. They're
0: smart enough to figure that out.
1: Yeah, they're smart to figure it out, right? But then the difference between like uh, one student that's getting all A's in middle school versus the one that's getting all F's in middle school is that when they get into high school, one of them's having easier time, one's gonna have an immensely, a huge, huge struggle. Mm-hmm. I've had like students contact me, the ones that I did student teaching for, because I taught at a middle school and a high school, those students in high school were like talking to me and saying like, Hey, Mr. Who, like, thanks for like being my teacher and like kind of helping them out and kind of getting them into the groove of math and whatnot. But they're saying, and I was saying, we're kind of just having a conversation about like what it was like. And it has to do with like the low motivation, the apathy and whatnot. And one of my students actually said, like, I used to be like that in middle school and I totally regret it. Mm. You know, like I regret doing that in middle school because in high school, I had to try so much harder. You know, they had so much more trouble and they're like getting those grades, the good grades now, but it is at an immense cost to try and get to that point, you know? And I truly wish that a lot of middle schoolers would see that. Like if you tried hard in middle school, guess what? High school is going to be easier.
2: Yeah,
0: You're
1: going to be able to build on those concepts nice and For, easy. From my
0: experience that is true because Yeah. because my mom did all those things and made Yeah, exactly. Made my 7th exactly. grade experience like talking to the teachers being like, "Oh, you got to put me in the front. Oh, you got to assign them an extra book." Why did I get an extra yeah. book? <laughs> but because I read that extra book, because I did the extra work and I stayed um stayed more diligent because of my mom's pushing me. Yeah. I got very good grades in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And then in eighth grade, I got straight A's and was granted exactly. like this presidential award or whatever. Exactly. Like there's only two students in the entire grade that oh, got that. And I was one of them. And I was a new student in that school. For some reason, everyone liked me. I don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused because I was a super quiet kid. And I, all, all I did was just do the work. Yeah. And I didn't think I was doing any, anything extra. Yeah.
1: Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. That's literally do all it work. takes.
0: You just do the work. And For high school, I felt like it was a breeze. Exactly. Yeah. Same here.
1: It was just like, oh, cool. I can can do this. And it's just like, (laughs) it's like a cakewalk going through the math classes or the science classes and stuff. But I know for sure that like when they get to high school, when a lot of these students get to high school, it's going to be a struggle.
0: Yeah. I I really do believe that the foundation or like people's experience with school starts Mm -hmm. at the early ages, like starts Mm -hmm. with elementary and starts with. Middle school and all yeah. it, it it's all cumulative because the the more you actually use your train the way the way school works, because there's a formula if if you get used to it, right? Yeah. For me it was just like, okay, you just read the stuff, you look at the examples for math, you do the study guides that the teachers offer, right? Yeah. So, some mm-hmm. study guides are like the shortcuts to everything. Yeah. And you'll get good grades. That's pretty much it. Like yeah. I never felt like it was a struggle, at least for elementary, middle school, mm-hmm. and high school. Yeah. Um. And I do feel like students these days, there needs to be more attention for the earlier stages of education.
1: Yeah, it's it's true. Like if they don't have those foundations, like how are they going to expect to even do anything right in middle school, high school, and whatnot? And but the thing is, I think in the U.S. education, a lot of the issues right now are becoming less of the content issues, but almost like behavioral issues. Behavioral. Back when we were in middle school, I felt like. I never knew of anyone who had like an IEP or was part of a special education program. Even though I knew there were special education programs at my school and I would rarely see them, just like maybe a handful of students that were in those programs. But so, now I see So more. what exactly
0: what exactly is does that entail? Like do the students just get more hours or something or
1: not necessarily. It's like it could be IEPs could be like anything for like any accommodation or whatnot. But like I think I see now that in terms of content, Versus like the student's behavior, behavior is a much bigger issue. And it's just grown ever since I started teaching, really. (laughs) Do you
0: think it's because of technology or something else?
1: Students now are so connected to like all sources of information. They always have their phones out. Sometimes they like, like to try and text under the table but guess what there are literally open leg tables so how is it possible you're going to get past me on texting and it's just like they're texting like on their leg and then they're just like so so and so like like having your phone out during the class or the lesson and they're just like oh shoot and I was like I really wish like students and them could really see what I see and I'm sitting down like at like the same eye level right right, but we're just facing a different direction I'm just facing you guys. You guys are facing me. But guess what? I can see like a ton of stuff. Yeah, you should have like the
0: students sit where you're sitting. I mean, like, yeah, I've, you spot anyone yeah, I've using a phone? Yeah, I brought students
1: like, like, I would, like, they think they're so clever texting under the table. I remember calling a student like, come, 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 right? And it's like, stand stand where I'm standing, okay? And I'm just like, what, what do you see? And you just see like everyone's like legs because there's nothing, there's no like partition. Mm-hmm. You just have the desks and there's just the table legs. And so whatever you do under the, the table is extremely apparent. <laughs> or like if they're leaning such a weird way that's kind of <laughs> like covering their ears and it's like, oh, why are you leaning like that? And AirPods, man. AirPods yeah. have been such a it, troublesome the students, feature. The
0: students think they're so clever, but yeah, not. it's just the teacher being lenient.
1: Or like they use their hair like for girls, they just like cover it up and it's just like,
0: come on. So do you always call them out when you see that? or it's A decent? lot of times I do.
1: I do yeah. call out a lot of times. I've taken a lot of phones away and it's just
0: like. But sometimes you just let it go or?
1: Yeah, sometimes let it go. Like if, they're, if I have them doing work, individual time or just group work, like I don't mind if they're listening to music as long as they're focusing and getting their work done. And mm-hmm. like giving them that freedom, let students have that freedom to do so. And they kind of focus better sometimes. But it definitely like if,
0: If it's during a lecture. If
1: it's, no, not during a lecture, I won't let that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Phones, you better put that phone away or it's mine. Or like you better take your ear, like AirPods or your headphones out or whatever. Or they're mine. Yeah. You know?
0: I mean, they're they're not technically yours. You have to give it back. Yeah, I
1: might give (laughs) it back. Or you know what? Like their policy is like we get the phones, we can just like send it to the office. Mm -hmm. And then they'll hold on to it. And then guess what? You can't pick it up as a student. Your parent has to. Gotcha so now your parent has to come all the way to school and not just pick you up. they gotta park their car, go to the office, and finally yeah. pick up your phone
0: consequences, yeah,
1: and guess what? Your parents are probably gonna whip your ass or something <laughs> so,
0: but it's just it's just stuff like that where it's just like you got it any, been easy. you got any like stories of just all these crazy stuff happening, or <laughs> Oh, the besides phone stuffs
1: is like a commonplace thing i I take it like all the time where I'm holding it onto it. They always ask me, can I get it back at the end of the period? And I was like, I don't know. It depends on uh, how you're doing. <laughs> but in general, like, dang, I do have some crazy student stories where like get my blood boiling or whatnot. And it's, oh, okay. So, basically, between at, at my school, I have first and second period. For those two periods, it's like when I teach seventh grade. I had one student that was transferred from the seventh period in seventh grade in first period to the second period one. I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. But oh my gosh, has it been a problem, okay? (laughs) It was like nice, calm, serene, you know. But ever since he came in, it was just like, it's like he just dropped a bomb here, yeah. (laughs) Because it's like he's conversing with so many people and sometimes those conversations aren't conversations, they're just like arguments in class. So he's just fighting with everyone. Yeah, and like there's so many times where he's basically, quote unquote, been bothered by other students mm. when I call him out on being so loud and he'll say like oh this other student's been bothering me I'm like okay I turn to that student so student has this person been bothering you or are you bothering them and I've talked that to like I said it to like four or five st- other students already who's he's blamed put the blame on every single time that student is bothering them so it's just like you're like the source of all of these <laughs> issues source right now chaos source so agony. I'm just like do you not understand your position? Like I've called home for this student already. And then his dad knows that he's a handful and this student has like straight Fs. So it's like, what? Yeah. What is going on, dude? You still have him in your class or? Yeah, that, I can't get him out of my class.
0: <laughs> but so, like I, it just becomes a classroom management issue with him. Yeah, that's, that's extremely hard to, I, I get why it makes your blood boil. Cause yeah, but like, not
1: like that, not necessarily, but like, the disrespect he has Mm. is what gets my blood boiling. And it's just like, there's been times where, okay, so like in my class, there's like this group of girls to my right if I'm sitting in the front of class, and they, sometimes they talk, and that's totally fine. If they talk too loud, I'll call them out on it, right? But if they, usually if they're talking, they're kind of talking amongst themselves, they're just really quiet in general, and they get things, they get all their work done. They get copy whatever it is that they need to copy, learn whatever they need to learn. This boy, on the other hand, in the group that's like, in the center of the class, is talking super loud, isn't getting anything work done, isn't writing what I'm writing. And guess what? One day he was like, he literally just asked me, oh, if me and my two friends just put on wigs and sit in this corner, would you let us talk? And I straight up was like, why, why the hell would I let you do that? And he was like, because you let these girls talk. And I'm like, okay. First of all, they get all their work done and they write everything down. And I'm like, what about you? H- have you written anything down yet? <laughs> Takes this paper. and I was like, I-, I wrote the first one. And I'm literally looking at like what I've written. And it's just like pages of stuff. Yeah. And a ton of all these example problems that I've done with them for them, honestly. And it's just like, you asked for a pencil today, by the way. And I gave you one. And you're not even using it? Come on, dude. And like I brought up the word like, you're coming at me with this proposition that like you want to be able to do this thing. If you've done, like, but you haven't done anything that warrants you to deserve any of that. Mm -hmm. And I said, I used the word proposition and proposal to say that thing. And you know what he had, you know what he said? He basically said, It's like, I'm not proposing to you. That's gay. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, that is inappropriate to say. And like, we just had like an assembly where the students saw like a whole act on like bullying mm-hmm. about like bullying students that were gay, that were coming out as gay and like seeing how inappropriate it is to actually say something like that. And it's just like, dude, how could you say that? How could you say that out loud? Yeah. And how could you say that to me? Like, where is this respect? Like, what is going on here with you here? Like I, I was so dumbfounded when I heard that. I was like, I couldn't, I I was just like, dude, this guy probably thinks
0: he's like this like, cool jokester or yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you think he's hot he shit, wants. he's not. Yeah.
1: Because, <laughs> my gosh, I was, and, like, him and, like, his other two friends, they do bring that up where it's like, oh, you let them talk or whatever. And I was like, have they been talking? And I remember one time, with his other friend, I was asking, like, will you let them talk? And I literally asked him, like, have they been talking? And they're like, well, not today. But, oh, <laughs> not today. <laughs> so, we're bringing up the past here, huh? Okay, okay. And then it's just like, Dude, like what What are you guys
0: trying to get at? Are you, yeah, I, I see what you mean because I feel like not all students are given the same sort of, I guess, privileges. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on their work ethic, right? Yeah, I would do the same. For me, I would treat the students who did their work and who were diligent and showed that they cared, I would treat them better because in terms of like giving them more leeway to mm. actually talk to yeah. to have more fun and stuff like that because they're yeah. doing their work yeah. it makes sense yeah. but i guess students don't see that they they, they see that they're being treated uh, like differently and given less of these leeways and uh, flexibility yeah um but it's because they're not doing the work mm-hmm. and i think they for some reason they think that it doesn't matter if they do the work like that's the source of it though that's why we give them that flexibility and stuff
1: yeah. yeah. And like they, they can ask questions and by all means, I will help anyone who asks a question, even if you are a Thorman in my side. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's been to this point where like, well, you don't even ask any questions at all throughout the lesson until it's too late. It's quiz day or test day. And you're going to ask me this question, which was like a day one question on the very first lesson yeah, of this. Because they didn't pay attention. Like you didn't pay attention at all. And like, okay, I don't mind. I'm going to help you. Right. I'll help you. And I remember like helping this one student. Who didn't ask me any question, doesn't understand any of the content, does not do anything in my class. I'm helping them out, sure. I'm walking them through how to do, like kind of like how to do, give some hints to do number one, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, can you work with that? He says yes, cool. I do my rounds, I'm walking around making sure I'm helping other students and whatnot come back. It is exactly (laughs) where I stopped. I said they don't, they don't they're liars. They just just like (laughs) you, you don't actually know how to do it. Don't and say it, you do. There's these chron- there's this do. chronic lie going around that it's just like they yeah they I know how to do it I don't have any questions when in actuality you have like every single question <laughs> in the book to possibly ask me yeah, but you that's, won't that's, ask.
0: That's it. that's how students are, man. I remember when I was in high school and okay this is I started doing this in high school and now I. Listening to you talk, it's interesting because I'm thinking about like my behavior back then in the yeah, classroom. Yeah, a lot of people think about that as a te- like after
1: talking to them as a teacher, and it's yeah, like well, it's crazy whatever, oh, What
0: did I do? Because I'm thinking in high school and college, I would actually fall asleep in class. Not not actually sleep, but I would doze off mm-hmm. very very often. Mm-hmm. But it makes me think. Obviously, the teacher. Now that you're talking, now obviously the teacher could he- see me, right? yeah obviously the teacher knew Mm -hmm. but it's because i did all my work and i was basically a straight a student in high school and for college i got good grades too yeah never got a c in my life Mm -hmm. and that's probably why they let me just doze off all the time yeah if
1: the teacher's lenient like great like i if you know all the content and you don't need the help I won't bother you at all because guess what? You don't actually need me at this <laughs> yeah. point. Okay. You're just sitting in the same class as me, but you know everything. You don't even need to learn this stuff because you already know it. Right. And I have some students that are totally like that. And I let them do the thing. Sometimes they even come to me and ask me for more work. And I'm like, uh, okay, hold <laughs> up. Let me try and get some stuff printed out. But, uh, okay. But like, there's, like, those students, sure, I let them do their thing, you know, but as long as they're not disruptive. I will call them off they're disruptive. But guess what? There's a ton of other students who want to do their thing but don't understand any of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you deserve to do all this? Because you, you don't know it. Yeah. You have no idea what I'm saying. I'm just spewing out another language at this point in when I'm doing my lessons. And so that's, like, such a huge issue that I see in school. And it's, it's like, a, a recurring problem, honestly. I was talking to some teachers and sometimes they said that like other math teachers and they're saying sometimes it's only like 30% of the students that are actually paying attention to the lesson. And then when I'm teaching and I look out as I'm talking and I'm trying to see like which students are actually looking at what I'm doing or even like potentially asking questions or participating, I can really just count on my hands. Out of 30 of these students who's actually writing anything. It's crazy. And it's, it's crazy, but it's also so disappointing It's very discouraging as a teacher. It's very discouraging, but like, I feel what gets to me the most is like, it makes me worried because I'm like, you're going to go to high school. What are you going to do then? Is this suddenly a switch in your mind is going to change and you're suddenly going to do all the work, be straight A? Probably not. No. Yeah. Dude, these habits, like maybe, maybe it does, maybe it changes in you, right? But a lot of like, when I look at you, I'm just like, I don't think it's going to change.
0: Hopefully it does. We hopefully, all hope it they does. All learn, you know? You know? We
1: all hope it does. And they find something that they love to do and then go for it. But like some of these students, they know they don't do work. And it's just like they're only here at school, so they're not a truant. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what sucks. Because it's just like why does it have to come to that for you to be like to just go to school and do nothing? like you just you're all you're doing it's almost like you're just avoiding the police at this point right <laughs> you're just going to school so i don't get caught by the police officer and be marked a truant student you know it's like it's like why yeah why did it come to that that point it sounds really tough man sounds really tough yeah te- teaching is definitely tough i remember actually like i actually follow on reddit <laughs> the subreddit for teachers it's, and there's then a subreddit? yeah that's, that's, and it's so funny because there's a there's lot a of like yeah there's always a subreddit <laughs> exactly, for it, right yeah. but there's like a lot of teachers that will post like their first year experiences and it's sad to see it because a lot of these teachers go through so much abuse and it deters them they go through the whole program thinking like it's going to be great i'm going to be a great teacher first year they're switching careers already dang yeah they're like, I'm ready looking for another job, looking up what can I do with a teaching credential or a teaching, like what, do I, what kind yeah. of job can I do? And it's because of their
0: experience, right? And it's
1: because of their experience. It is this constant abuse that they're going through that they, it's getting to them. And like, we always advise people who are going through stuff like that, like take a mental health day, man. Like take a day off, you gotta, right? Like recollect, compose yourself, recollect all your thoughts and whatnot and trying to like tackle it and get it get back into it later but dang if sometimes it's it's hard it is definitely hard and for a lot of teachers that put a lot of effort into seeing the minuscule results come out it's like very discouraging very worrisome very disappointing
0: yeah that's that's why the older teachers are more jaded
1: yeah they're so jaded like they've gone through the whole system the common core change like in math and it's just like yeah i'll make that phone call home no problem
0: (laughs) yeah it takes, it takes a lot of, I feel like it takes a lot of strength to be one of those teachers that all the students like, you know, because those teachers, everyone, every student, I feel like most people our age can pick out a few teachers that were very charisma, uh, charismatic and yeah, for sure made them feel like wanting to learn mm-hmm. and f- made them feel like learning was fun and stuff. Yeah. But they, I feel like most students don't think about how hard it is mm-hmm. and how discouraging it can be for, for teachers to just see a just be lecturing and then see see their class and nobody's paying attention.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's crazy. It's on uh, like I like to be like that kind of teacher that students call their favorite, and I have a lot of students that do call me like their favorite teacher. But when they're in class, it does not feel like I am their favorite teacher. Yeah, that's like that's like such a it felt like such a one sided feeling. Like you may feel like it, but I don't feel like I don't mm-hmm. feel this. That's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, you know. Like I get called, favorite, like hi, favorite teacher or something like that. It's like hi, and then it's just when you're in my class. <laughs> well, what, what happened?
0: <laughs> what, yeah, what changed? You know, man, that makes me think, bro. Like this, this whole conversation has made me think a lot about just teacher, my experience in school, mm-hmm. and I I feel pretty bad right now, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> dozing off in in most of my classes. But honestly, the reason I dozed off was because. I already knew basically everything. I, yeah. I just read the book and I knew everything. And yeah. I felt like the lecture was, for me, at least, it it wasn't unnecessary because I read the book and stuff. Yeah. So.
1: And that's just like, dude, that's just you getting ahead though. Yeah, that's right? that's You're that's just my, getting ahead. You're being prepared for the next day
2: or
0: the yeah. next month or whatever. And sometimes it was just doing, um, doing it as it goes. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in math, in calculus AP, I think it was BC, yeah. I took out the book and just read through the lesson that my teacher was teaching that day, mm-hmm. and I got everything yeah i i just I just didn't need a lecture, basically. Yeah. It's my style of learning basically exactly like yeah.
1: the, every student has their own style, right, and the teacher can only do their best to try and cater to many different styles, and I think the main one that a lot of teachers just default to is just direct instruction. It's like the easiest one to do for math because mm-hmm. then you're trying you're getting like the most amount. But then you kind of mix it up a bit, get some group work in, individual time for them to work together or whatnot. But it, it, it honestly depends. And for you, just reading through the textbook and just looking at it yourself, it worked. Mm-hmm. You know? and that's what you had to do for yourself. Right? The teacher's not going to be like, here, read this textbook or something. Yeah. right? It was you doing it of your own accord. But the fact is, you did it of your own accord. And a lot of students won't do it of their own accord. Right? They yeah. need that information, in a sense, kind of like fed to them for them to actually get it. So that's where a big difference comes in between like you versus any other
0: student in class or
1: any student in your high school.
0: Yeah. I did that for college too. It was, it was a, I, for, for my channel, I have always wanted to make a video just detailing my school experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I probably won't talk about it too much here because I probably will make a video, but mm-hmm. that was basically this super fast version of my school experience. Yeah. Um, after starting high school, just me dozing off in class, reading the textbook (laughs) (laughs) and, and getting like like pretty good grades. Yeah. That's it. it That was my entire experience in terms of, uh, the classroom setting. mm -hmm. But most of my time in school was for extracurricular stuff and hang out with friends Mm -hmm. and stuff. That's why I enjoyed school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's true. It's, like, a lot of people say, like, high school was, like, the hardest years of their lives or something, right? Yeah, I,
2: yeah. <laughs> but then when I go to high
1: school, I was just like, it's kind of easy, man. Like, what <laughs> What do you mean it was the hardest year of your life? People say, like, junior year was the worst year ever. It was so hard. Colleges are looking at it and stuff. and I'm sitting there like, yeah, sure. <laughs> Taking,
0: like, three APs and all that stuff. Like, this was easy. What? <laughs> yeah. But these... it's,
1: it depends. It really depends on the student.
0: I th- I think... It depends on the student and it depends a lot on the parents too. Mm-hmm. The parents affect, at least from my experience, my mom affected me quite a lot in the beginning just because she made sure I was getting good grades and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like she was strict about that. No, it's, I mean, we're, it's we're, Asi- we're both Asian, so. Yeah, for, I know. I mean, of course we right. have a lot of influence from yeah. our parents.
1: But like, there's a lot of parents out there that aren't even close to being like our parents. Like, they could care less about, the studio student yeah, I remember getting you, in trouble in school I remember
0: you telling me it's more like a daycare for them
1: yeah some of those parents face it like it's a daycare it's like I remember one of my teachers not my teachers but like one of the teachers that I was working with was saying that she called a parent home called home for the parent and the parent was at work actually and so she was like you you do your job and like you, you're you like for like her student for her, yeah. for her kid and it's just like what like my job is to teach it isn't to babysit your child Mm-hmm. You're the parent, okay? So when that, when this student goes home, it's just like, where do do your parent parental jobs kick in? Or do you actually, do you care or do you not really care? Yeah. Because like school is as much a, like a community effort, the parental effort, as well as the school as itself, you know, as well as the teachers there. And like the best case scenario is when we work with the parents a lot, you know, mm-hmm. we do our best to contact them to make sure it's up to date. But a lot of times,
0: call home means something bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of things that we just discussed that are more part of the struggle side of being a first-year teacher mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Do you have any experiences where, you know, you felt great about, you know, this is, this is the teaching life. This is nice. This is, uh, I'm very glad I decided on this path.
1: I definitely think there are there are a lot of those experiences as well. And it's almost like there's like a balance between the good and evil, right? <laughs> but like yeah. for that experience, I think one like the when I feel like, wow, this is this feels really good is when like I get a lesson that really clicks with these students. Like sometimes it's as easy as just like having them participate. Like recently I did a lesson on like scatter plots, positive, negative correlation, nonlinear, linear no correlation, or yeah. right? all those things. Mm-hmm. And just like going through all these different examples and hearing them actually get it. They're like shouting it out to me, shouting out the answers, understanding it all. And yeah, it felt like <laughs> I was getting it from like both sides of my classroom and getting all these things. It felt so good and yeah. be like, they got this. Nailed they totally it. understand this lesson, right? Like it felt good that when they were seeing it. Or like, um, I would say like in terms of my teaching style, I do a lot more tech or like more online things mm-hmm. where like playing Kahoot or quizzes, And, like, depends on the period, but, like, one of my periods is really, really, they really like quizzes. And so, quizzes is really cool in that they can play this game, right? They get to have power-ups, boosters, time bonuses, and all those things. And some of those power-ups actually mess with other students. It's really, (laughs) really cool because, like, (laughs) there's one power I remember, and it was called glitch. And so, when when the student has it and they activate it, everyone else's phones look like it's glitching. And they cannot answer. It's like all like going crazy and stuff. And I remember the first time it happened when I saw it, I was just, and everyone was like, whoa, what's going on? Oh my gosh. And then it was just like this girl meekly on the side, like, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Cause she didn't know what's going to do. And yeah. then when I saw it, I just laughed
1: so hard and it was just so funny. But it's like those kind of experiences, like, oh my gosh, that is hilarious it just like makes it makes the teaching worth it. Like, oh, that was that was a good day. That was a fun day. Yeah. You know, when I get to have fun with the students, or like I was doing like group activities with some of my students to collecting data for a scatter plot. They are trying to see like their reaction time. Everyone has to be in a human chain, and they're like trying to like if I squeeze the person to the right and squeeze and see how long the chain is and yeah. how long it takes for them to go through the whole chain. Like those kind of things are really fun because it involves like the whole class and they get to see how data collection actually works or something. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed those kind of experiences. And it feels like those experiences are just like few and far yeah, between. Just, but, just yeah. from my
0: own experiences of teaching, like um even the solo teaching, because that's all that's all I've ever done mm-hmm. really is solo teaching for piano and for um sometimes also math. Yeah. Um I have fun with my whoever I'm teaching. It's just yeah. I like I like that aspect of it because you get to sort of pass your knowledge on as well as Interact yeah that's um, the one of the best parts yeah, because you know for me, most of the time when I create content, I mean it's less so these days, but um, most of the time when I create content, it's like I'm doing it alone, mm-hmm. but I miss the whole interacting with other people thing. Mm-hmm. so I feel like being a teacher it, it can be it can definitely be gratifying to have that just uh, having a, a base of students, um, but it's your first year, so you don't know how it feels to like change right that that mm-hmm. group of students yet
1: yeah no for sure but like i like how you talk about it like interacting with students because i absolutely love interacting with them like when there is time that like free time where they're doing their own thing and i'm doing my thing i like to go around and sometimes i just like play games with them in that like i have games in my room like simple games like tic-tac-toe connect four that a lot of people can play mm-hmm. and it's just like i just go around and just do like a one-on-one match with them and at the same time <laughs> like talking to them and i get to see like how quick, like it's like almost like the, can they spot this like spot? Am I gonna win? Are they gonna win? That kind of thing. Yeah. Or just like talking to them in general about something not math related. You know, mm-hmm. what do they want to do in the future? And I just remember like back when I was in student teaching, I did a lot of that where I talked to these students and just like while walking around, I had students ninth grade. They know they want to be a doctor, right? And kind of just like talking to them about what it's like in the future when they're mm. applying med school, residency, all those things. Because I had friends that are in these programs. And so just kind of like showing them like, hey, this is what your future entails, right? And I feel like you you can totally, you have the capacity to look up all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's just like having those conversations about non-math related topics makes that kind of relationship much better among students because they know like, hey, he's chill. He can talk with us about not just math. He's not here to just answer my math questions. (laughs) I'm a person too,
0: you know? Yeah, building a relationship basically.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. But it's just like a lot of teachers do approach building a relationship as like, oh no, I'm the teacher, you're the student, I just teach the content and whatnot. And I think those are so, it's so bland, it sucks. You know, like I've had students come to talk to me about their relationships. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Like I'm like... Well, okay, the seventh, eighth grade. So they're like, told, I'm like double your age at this point, right? And then you're coming to me to talk to me about your relationship, about spilling the tea, about like whoever the hell it is, right? And it's like so funny that they could entrust that kind of information with me, telling me who they like or whatever, you yeah. know? It's just like, that's, that's I would great. never imagine that would happen. That's Yeah, crazy. it's crazy, right? And yeah. it's just like, cool. I think that just comes with like me being a young teacher and being like more lenient compared
0: to like other teachers that are right. there. You feel more like a like an older brother almost.
1: Yeah, Yes. right? Yeah. But it's just like, I still maintain that teacher-student thing, but at the same time, I also like to have that connection that we can talk normally. Mm-hmm. We don't have to talk about
0: math. It's not always about math. I think that's very necessary when it comes to teaching. Oh, yeah. No, I feel like when sure. it comes, to, when it's just teaching for the sake of let's get this in your brain, I'm your teacher, I, that's all you have to see me as. Yeah. I feel like it makes them care less. Mm-hmm. When, when you feel when you involve yourself yeah. and create a bond, it makes the student want to try harder. Yeah. That's, that's what I exactly. have experienced.
1: No, for sure. It, yeah. it definitely happens. And like getting that kind of connection, I remember when I was in student teaching, like one of my master teachers, he was like, he said that he kind of learned from me, even though he's my master teacher. He was like, <laughs> if I built a connection with like a lot of these students to the point that I was like, it was like very easy to interact with all of them and he was like yeah i have to he said that one of the things he's learned from me is that he needs to build that relationship better with his students to kind of make it's like a it's almost like life is easier when you build that kind of relationship with them mm. and so yeah it's it's cool it's cool to have that kind of relationship with the students where
0: you just get to talk to them about yeah. anything life whatever i'm glad i'm glad to hear the positive sides mm-hmm. because it i Hearing the struggle, it's interesting, but hearing the positive sides, it makes me feel like, you know, the struggle is worth it. Mm-hmm. And that matters so much, right? In what yeah. you're doing. yeah.
1: But it's like, I want, I look, I like, I seek those like positive moments, you know, because there are definitely a lot of struggles and sometimes it's daily struggles. Sometimes it's just like once a week or whatever, but they're also just like, sometimes when the students are just off the rails, they are <laughs> absolutely bonkers here. <laughs> And like, if I could go into one of those stories, there was like a student. She, holy moly, she basically was like out of her seat the whole time. I don't know what changed. Like, she used to be just sit down and do like nothing really. And that's okay. You don't want to do anything. But this time, you're just like walking around, doing whatever the heck you're trying. You're bothering other students walking around, and she just wouldn't sit down. And I was like telling her to go to her seat, and then she eventually like because at one of these schools. Um, in this, there, in this room, there's a fridge, right? And basically, she goes to the fridge and opens the fridge and discovers there's string cheese, right? And then mm-hmm. it was just like, oh crap, in my mind because she now she wouldn't go back to her seat because I wouldn't give her string cheese. Guess what? That is not my fridge, okay? <laughs> That's not my stuff at all. That is like some after school school like yeah. whatever it is that they have there. And it was crazy because she wouldn't. To listen to me at all just because of those kind of things and then by the end of the period she actually
0: stole that stuff oh my gosh she stole the tr- string cheese yeah she stole string cheese and she stole like other stuff from that fridge because she was hungry the whole time I don't know what the heck she
1: if she was hungry we can this it's, it's that fifth period this is right after lunch oh man so it's like how are you hungry what what happened Skipped during- her lunch <laughs> whatever it was but then it's like she just really wanted that stuff and so I didn't know that she stole it until the teacher in my in the same room as me reported it to me mm-hmm. after. And I was like, oh my gosh. But this same student, same day was like, there's like these ovens because I kind of share a home ec room. And this, they like, there's ovens in there. And the student straight up turns on the ovens. This was like the electric induction coil ones. Mm-hmm. And so it gets hot quick, mm. right? And when I caught it, I was just like, turn it, like, turn it off right now, right? So she turns it off, not even like 30 seconds later, this thing's still hot, you know, cause it has, takes time to cool down she puts her hand on it oh my gosh. and i was like she puts her hand and then like physically recoils like really quick you know like when you yeah, touch yeah, something yeah. super hot it doesn't kick in yeah and then suddenly like the, the yeah, heat yeah. all yeah. kicks in and i was just like what the what? heck <laughs> why did she do that did she get burned i don't know if she got burned but she just like walked away after like just walk off that burn but holy moly i was in shock after that i was like why did she do <laughs> that It
0: sounds like she got possessed or something. Whatever the heck happened that that day. day. It was nuts. (laughs) Was she
1: normal after? She's still like up out of her seat quite a few, but she didn't touch the oven anymore. (laughs) Like it it was, it was crazy. I remember immediately emailing a counselor and I was like, Hey, cause like this student had like a parent teacher conference coming up. Mm. And I was like, Hey, I need to update you on what just happened today. And she was like, uh, that is a big safety issue. So I would advise you to also email the parent, email the parent. And of course the parent's like, oh, I don't, I don't know why she's like this. She's not like this at home. You know, it, it, it sounds such a cliche thing to say from a parent, but it's just like, what happened?
0: <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. That's very mysterious. I hope she's okay. Like,
1: yeah, like I hope she's okay. Like she's not like I like was, I mean, it's you, been you, a while now, but you like you did
0: everything, right? You you got the counselor, yeah, in, I got the counselor you got, the, got the parents, parents yeah. and
1: it, it was brought up during like parent teacher conference and it's just like what compelled you to put your hand on that hot <laughs> coil? <laughs> like what is going on in your mind that led you to do yeah. that? And it was just like these crazy moments like what in the world?
0: <laughs> and so it, it
1: was it's crazy. Some of these some of these kids are nuts. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah.
0: When you're working with kids, there's bound to be some that are off the rails.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, I heard stories from like other teachers of students that are in my class. And then I remember during my conference, this teacher came over to me and she was like, You got to be careful with this student. This student is, is starting to get off the rails. Like, is finally yeah, came you back you to gotta... school. And because I remember hearing stories like this student trying to trip the teacher. Oh, man. What? like actively trying to trip the teacher while in class and it's just like what the what now i got to watch out for my legs like come (laughs) on
0: (laughs) that's uh pretty messed up like causing it's
1: crazy messed up causing trouble
0: is one thing but like trying to cause a teacher physical damage that is
1: yeah like physical harm anything like i back in high school there was like a incident of a student putting like hand sanitizer in a teacher's coffee what yeah and then the teacher cough teacher had to go to the hospital for it it's
0: like put a Freaked on a ton of hand sanitizer. Are you serious? Yeah. It, it's... You're, you're high, when you were in high school.
1: Yeah, like in high school. It was nuts. Thinking about it now, I was just like, damn, that girl that did that was stupid. Yeah, How could you try to like poison another teacher? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I it's don't... There's there's so much going on like with these like students sometimes that it's just like,
0: I don't know. Yeah, but I thought it was funny how you mentioned uh, you guys have this whole teacher warning list of students like oh, just yeah. telling so, each other, watch out for this student. Yeah, watch when they know like, it's like,
1: it's like a danger or it's like, they know it's a big thing. Like from first semester, yeah. it's just like, Oh, you better watch out
0: for this student. It's, it's going to yeah. be hell. That's sometimes. good. You guys got each other's like backs. Oh
1: okay, yeah. Like we have to, at this point, like it's, if we don't have each other's back, we're just like going in alone. We're going solo basically. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that was a pretty lengthy discussion. I, Enjoyed it a lot. I, oh yeah, for sure. I definitely feel like I know. I know how from just hearing you talk. I know how it feels more to be like a teacher. Mm-hmm. I I can empathize, and I I feel like the teacher's perspective is a lot clearer to me mm. now. And it definitely makes me think about my past quite a lot, and makes me feel bad that I dozed off so much. But, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, anybody that's listening, you know, well, hopefully not hopefully, but. I feel like the majority of us will eventually become parents, right? And when we do become parents, hopefully we can instill these values in our children when they decide yeah, to go to school. No, seriously. And for anybody listening, I hope that was something that you can gain from this discussion. Yeah. Because um, I'll definitely be trying to get my um, kids in the future to respect their teachers, to really yeah work hard, definitely. even if it's just elementary school or middle school. Because that is very foundational. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Same here. It's just like I I can't wait to be a parent. But like when I am a parent and I have my kids going to school, I will be so like I'm not trying to like be like a tiger, like just a helicopter parent, yeah, yeah, you know, Yeah. I'm not trying to control everything. <laughs> but about like when it comes to school, you got to be serious, you know, you got to you got to approach it. It's not just like I'm, you go in there. You can. Yeah. Cool. Cool. You can have fun with your friends and whatnot. When it comes to the content, you got to know this stuff, right? You got to build a solid foundation or else the future is just going to be hard. Yeah. You know, like it's it's going to be so hard, you know? And you need to learn how to respect authority. Like you respect me at home, the same goes for the teacher, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't just say like, oh, no, I don't care. It's not my parents. A lot of times they like to say stuff like, you're not my dad or you're not my mom or whatnot. And I've heard those before, but not like to me, but I've heard all the teachers going through that kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, they aren't. But they're still like, they're There's, still your teacher. Yeah.
0: You got to respect your teachers.
1: Yeah, you got you just got to respect your teachers. It's it's something that a lot of students definitely need to work on. Mm-hmm. And it's like that aspect of like talking back and whatnot. It's crazy. Yeah, And respecting the teacher, respecting
0: your parents and whatnot is, you just got to respect them in the same way. All right. Thank you, Matthew, for joining me on this podcast episode. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very enjoyable. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Thanks for watching. See you.